Hi, uh, welcome to the Final Femme. I'm your host, Sydney, with my co-host, Jack. Hello. And today we are talking about one of my very favorite movies, and I'm so nervous because I want to do it justice. Um, we are talking about Scream today. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, also off the bat, just we're going to be going through the whole plot of this movie, so if you don't want spoilers, I would skip this episode, and we are not associated with the film industry at all. We're just two friends talking about movies, so let's get into it. So, Jack, have you seen this movie before? No, but I I feel like I have because I've seen Scary Movie. Okay. That's... It's it's like almost a beat for beat. Well, we'll get to this, but... Is it really? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, that's depressing. I was so excited for all like the little twists you were going to find, and I... We'll get to that, too, because there are a couple thing parts where it it wasn't the same so i i was kind of misled okay having watched a spoof of this movie which is kind of okay sad but um well i guess i'm just a snob cuz i actually haven't seen any of the scary movies so you refuse to laugh listen or... west craven is f- okay whatever let's just get into it this movie is <laughs> done by west craven who is one of my favorites he's and good he is funny yeah. probably not scary movie funny but he's funny <laughs> so uh this movie came out december 20th 1996 so we got another christmas movie and i don't know if yep. that was just like the theme or what I, what what is this christmas time movie? <laughs> I, mean, I, I know there's like of recent well recent i don't know how long this was but like black christmas or like stuff that like it's purposely coming out christmas themed christmas it's a horror time. movie and it's coming out around christmas it, what what is this I don't understand. Because now they, I feel like they always do superhero movies around Christmas time. Like, that's a blockbuster. But for a while, it was, I guess, horror movies. So I, yeah, we'll have it's... to start paying attention to the day more and see if we notice a pattern. <laughs> okay, so I have some cool facts. Uh, Nev Campbell is our final girl. She is played, she plays the character Sydney Prescott. Sydney over here, no big deal. Pretty cool. It's going to be really confusing this episode. Yeah. I... Who am I referring to? You or to the character? Well, we'll uh, I think know, I'm going to call you Sid and call her Sydney. We're the same That's person, Jack. That's oh. just just face facts. Oh no. Oh yes. All right, and then we've got David Arquette who plays Deputy Dewey, who is a fucking <laughs> adorable. Courtney Cox plays Gail Weathers, who wears horrible neon green outfits all the time, and I'm not into it. And then we've got Skeet Ulrich, who plays Billy Loomis. Skeet, Skeet. Yeah. What's that name? I don't understand that name. It's not great. <laughs> it's like Skeeter plus like Russian. I don't understand. I don't like, know. It, uh, this, who knows what his parents were thinking, but I don't know. Maybe I, I don't like Billy any better. I wish I kind of wish he would have went by Skeet in this. What? Okay. <laughs> also, before we get into it, I had the biggest fucking crush on Billy Loomis. So I don't know what that says about me, but it's not great. Oh. It says a lot, and we're going <laughs> to psychoanalyze you as we go through this, too. Oh, good. And then Rose McGowan <laughs> plays Tatum, who is the best friend, and Matthew Lillard plays Stu, who is our Tatum's boyfriend. We're forgetting in the best character. Uh-oh, who did I forget? Randy is Jamie <laughs> Kennedy. Randy. Yes, Randy is played by Jamie Kennedy. I love Randy. It This was put out by Dimension Films, and its estimated budget was $14 million. Winning mm. weekend, it did 
and its gross worldwide was $173 million, 46663 Jeez. So I'd say it's made its money back. Yeah, it's done okay. It's, again, it's doing fine. Again, it made money, so <laughs> it has a sequel. And so it's many. funny because this movie breaks the fourth wall many times about that, which is kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I this movie to me feels like he's satirizing the genre while also writing a love letter to it. It's mm-hmm. I love this movie. Okay, so before we get into it, I do need to address something. Um, this is very sad. Jack and I are very sad about this news. Um, I are we cursed? Like the podcast? I mean, I maybe I don't know. Um, but our producer Max unfortunately. <sighs> perished by tripping on a pile of barf and then falling down a bunch of cement stairs it was very very sad so tragic rest in peace yeah. max uh and how many stairs was it uh i think it was like a 75 lot. stairs <laughs> oh yes yeah, 75 stairs so many stairs it was very sad but we're very happy to introduce everybody to <laughs> earl our new producer say hi earl well hey everybody all right, let me run through the plot really quickly, and then we will get into it in greater detail. I think I just wrote down the the plot summary from IMDb, so I'm just going to read that. So it says, a year after her mother's death, Sydney Prescott, who's played by Neff Campbell, and her friends started experiencing strange phone calls. They later learned the phone calls were coming from a psychomast killer, and they have to solve the mystery to find out who is killing off their peers and friends. I have some taglines here. I, Okay. Oh, boy. So these were the ones that I found on IMDb. Also, I should say most of the, like my movie facts I get are from IMDb. So if they're wrong, don't come at me, please. Yeah, blame Amazon because they own it. Yeah. Okay. So I think my favorite tagline on here is he's taken his love of fear one step too far. Jack, do you have a favorite? Okay. But f- first, I want to say who Uh-oh. has taken their fear a step too far? That would ruin the mystery. <sighs> I, you know, you're right. Okay, I don't want the tagline to spoil the movie, but like, <laughs> that doesn't. I don't know. That's. I, I mean, they're all supposed to kind of be very uh, generalized. Ghostface is the stabby stab guy. That's oh, I like that one. Where's that one? Ghostface is the stabby that's stab a, guy. You know, they didn't ask me when they wrote their timelines. They should. Mm-hmm. It would have. It would have been a lot better. Right. My, I think my favorite. These are all bad. Oh. Um, I don't actually know which one's the right one or which one's the actual one. The only one I saw officially on IMDb's like main page was the A New Thriller from Wes Craven, which is not a great tagline. No, 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 it's not. But if I was going to pick one, I think I would do the uh, don't answer the door, don't leave the house, don't answer the phone, but most of all, don't scream. Don't scream. That's a good one. And I would yell scream, but there's no explanation point after that sentence. So it's kind of like it's, lackluster. Well, you know. The one time where you need an exclamation point. <laughs> Fair enough. So, Jack, I want to ask you your thoughts right off the bat. I know you said you saw it from Scary Movie, but did you enjoy this? <laughs> well, okay. We watched Nightmare on Elm Street as our first yes. movie. And that was directed mm-hmm. by Wes Craven. And mm-hmm. I commented in that one, and I agree that it still carries over with this one, is that when you add a little bit of comedy to a horror movie, it makes it so much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So much more enjoyable. So, yes, I did I did enjoy this. It was a bit long. It was a bit on the long side. It's only everyone... one hour and 51 minutes, Jack. But <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it moved it moved quick, yes. so it went by. It went by pretty quick, yes. but it's still 
two hours of my life. <laughs> and you're better for it. You're welcome. <laughs> no, in this case, yes, I, I agree. This was a this was a good movie. Okay. Entertaining movie. Well, so I want to ask you a question because mm-hmm. I watched the trailer in preparation for this because I remember thinking the trailer makes it look like Drew Barrymore's character is equal to Sydney's character, like they're in the movie an equal amount of time. So did that throw you off or did you already know that from the scary movie? Okay. Well, at, no, I was kind of tricked at first because I was like, I, I didn't know who the main person was. So I just figured, okay. oh, we're focusing on Drew Barrymore's character, Casey. I, mm-hmm. I kind of just figured might be the final girl. But what I've, what I've come to learn about these movies is that the first person they show is usually never the final person. It's a way to set up mm-hmm. the scenario of what the final person is trying to avoid. Yeah. Th- they, they chose the wrong decision and they got <laughs> killed, whereas the final girl makes the other decision and lives. Kind of like a warning. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, this was spoofed in Scary Movie <laughs> because they had Carmen Electra uh, playing Drew Barrymore's role. Her name is actually Drew in Scary Movie. Why are you rolling oh, your yeah. eyes so much, Sid? What's going on here? <laughs> I didn't say it was a brilliant cinema. I just said I've seen that movie, and it it is an almost an exact like premise is lifted from Scream, which is fine. Uh, but and they incorporate other scary movies, much like this one does. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, then let's just uh, hop in. Sorry. which is a little too long for Jack, but I love it. So we start at Drew Barrymore's house, Casey's mm-hmm. house, and she is getting ready to watch a movie and a the phone rings. So she answers. He's like, hey, who is this? And she's like, oh, you must have a wrong number. He's like, no problem. Hangs up and he calls back. She's kind of still into it because he's being a little flirty and it's also 1996. So it's not quite the same like caller ID cell phone all that stuff so she's like no big deal and she starts making popcorn and then he calls back a third time so it's starting to get kind of weird like okay you're doing this on purpose Mm -hmm. at this point Sid, have you made popcorn like that before on the stove with what what she was doing it was like one of those ones that like blow up into a balloon no that's some like 1950s bullshit absolutely not i would never do that way too Uh lazy nope i'm gonna throw that bag in the fucking microwave we're gonna throw a little salt on it 48 seconds oh no wait I haven't made popcorn up. 48 two, seconds. 248, I think. You psychopath. <laughs> it's like two it's minutes. It's been uh, a long time since I, I don't, I'm not a big popcorn guy. It gets stuck in my teeth. I don't Do you like just it. like eat the kernels? Like maybe that's why it gets stuck yeah, in my teeth. Yeah, maybe I've been eating it wrong this whole time. And when I go to the movie theater, what, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> maybe. That Jiffy Pop is Earl's favorite. Oh my gosh. That, Wait, isn't that. I believe that about Earl. <laughs> that sounds right. For a man named Earl, that sounds for right. For what little I know about him, yes, that checks out. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So she is still talking to him on the phone because he's being kind of flirty and she's into it. She's like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, I'm making popcorn. I'm going to watch a scary movie. To which he says the famous line, what's your favorite scary movie? Amazing. <laughs> Anyways, 
So she says Halloween is her favorite scary movie because whatever. She's basic. I don't know. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was rude. Whatever. Drew Barrymore doesn't care what I think about her. (laughs) So they keep chatting for a little bit. And then he says a fucking creepy thing because she goes, he says, you never told me your name. And she's like, well, why do you want to know my name so bad? And he's like, because I want to know who I'm looking at, which the first time I saw this movie freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a... You know, obviously that tips her off to to think that mm-hmm. the guy can actually see her. And, you know. Oh, maybe I should stop talking to this stranger. You should have stopped at the beginning because the guy, again, <laughs> can you just talk normal? Do you have to put on this, like, creepy vibe? Because I don't know if you, like, what you thought. About, if you got a call like that and the guy, it sounded like that, would you hang up right away? I would think so, right? Yes. yes. Okay. I also wouldn't have answered the phone again. <laughs> right, right. If you don't answer it, well, you know, presumably... As as we see, I mean, he just would have broken in the house. Yeah, but. and and he also gets extremely mad when someone wants to hang up on him. Rejection issues much? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, we will get into that bullshit. There was a line in there when they were when they were doing the flirting, and I can't remember what he said to prompt it, but she said, "Ha, there's nine hundred numbers for that." And I thought that was a pretty good line. Like, uh, uh, you know, it's like I just want to talk to someone. She's like, they have yeah, nine hundred numbers. Yeah, you have for to that. pay a little bit more, but. <laughs> That's true. So since we're talk we mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street, the dialogue in 84 up to 96, like this dialogue I liked for the most part. It's funny, it's punchy, it moves along. I think Wes Craven studied what the kids were saying those days. Yeah. Because it, it <laughs> What are you kids saying? Yeah, I mean, the dialogue might not have been might have been fit the time and sounded normal, but the behavior of some of the mm. people in the movie which we will get to. I'm gonna. I'm specifically referencing to Sid's friends, which we'll get to. But are you gonna ruin one of my favorite movies, Jack? Are we gonna fight, Jack? <laughs> so they, okay. yeah, Whatever. they make that We're joke about fight. the 900 nope. number, and then uh huh, fine. So he says something creepy. Casey like gets the chills rightfully mm-hmm. so. Turns the light on. Doesn't see anything. So she hangs up, as she should. He calls back. And for some dumbass reason, she answers, which, uh, okay. And then he ups the crazy by saying, if you hang up on me again, I'll gut you like a fish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Creepy. Mm-hmm. Not great. Not great. <laughs> Not a good sign. Not great. And then she says, is this a joke? Like, bro, what part of this conversation led you to think that we were joking? <laughs> so he calls her Blondie, which, again, right. lets us know he can see right. her. Although he could have probably yeah. guessed and... Had like a 50 50 chance of like nailing that. I'm blonde. Well, all I'm saying is that I could have just been like Burnett. And then if the person was like, I'm blonde, well, done with that one. Gonna call the next house. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. So she locks all the doors and uh, he just keeps hitting her with creepy lines, which I was very into. And she says, What is she? What do you want? And he goes, To see what your insides look like. I was about to say that. That line. Great That's line. a good line. That's pretty messed up. <laughs> and then she, I think she hangs up again, but the doorbell rings and the phone rings after the doorbell rings and she answers it again. And then he tells her to look outside. She turns on the porch line. This is after she's threatening him with a boyfriend. He's like, I thought you said you didn't have a boyfriend. She's like, well, I do. He's going to kick your ass. And he's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. turn on the light. So she looks out the back door and her boyfriend is taped to a chair and he's beat up like he's he's bloody someone's kicked the shit yeah. out of him so she starts crying and he's like look, okay look he doesn't say it this calmly but he's like you can save your boyfriend if you can like 
play my game and answer my trivia questions. So like we as the audience know she can't win, but she's going to try anyways. Mm. So he asked her her first question, which is, oh, it's a warm up question. So he asked her who the killer is in Halloween since it's her favorite movie. And she gets it right. And then he asked her a trick question, which I felt bad about because like, I feel like in the the calm moment, you'd get it right. But if you're freaking out like that, you're going to get it wrong. Because he asked her who the killer is in Friday the 13th. In the first movie, it's Jason's mom. So she says Jason. So we can't watch that movie. It's spoiled for me now. (laughs) Or they didn't do that on Scary Movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think they did, actually. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Oh. I did think that. I was like, uh, spoilers. (laughs) You think they should have ran? That should have been the tagline. There will be spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers. (laughs) yeah so she gets that one wrong which means jason's gotta go not jason idiot steve has to go Um, jason too sure jason too (laughs) fuck jason so they uh they gut steve like we don't see it but we hear the noises and suddenly steve's insides fall out and okay so at this point you know i'm thinking it's just Uh one person how the fuck mm-hmm. are they gutting this guy and on the phone at the same time with her? They're just omnipresent. They have a third arm? Good at multitasking? Okay, but listen, Michael Myers and Jason, speaking of Jason, also have this weird bullshit of being able to be everywhere and murder you yeah. all at the same time. What are we going to call this guy? The killer. Ghostface. Okay. Face. I mean, okay. in the other movies, he's called Ghostface. I don't really think they call him that in this first I, one. I just have, like, killer in my notes everywhere. I didn't... Yeah, okay, Ghostface. Yeah, like once Tatum O'Neill calls him Ghostface, and that's it. Oh, okay. And then they like kind of took it. Because the costume it. is called like Father Death or something. <laughs> the one you can buy at the Halloween store. Which is, is dumb. Stupid. Yes. Father Death. <laughs> yeah. So she, he's like, okay. Bonus question: Which door am I at? Which ugh, scary. And then she's like, kind of deer in headlights stuck until a chair flies through the glass patio door and so she's like shit he's at the back door I'm gonna run out the front door or no I'm sorry she runs into the kitchen where she grabs the butcher knife good, good yeah. girl yep, that's a smart move mm-hmm. and then she sees him like kind of running through the house so she sneaks out the back door and I remember you're like okay yes she's gonna get away great and mom and dad's car starts driving up so like Wes Craven gives you a little bit of hope which is mean. It is, it is. And so she, Ghostface sees her and locks eyes with her in the window and she screams and he punches the window and like grabs her wrist, but she clocks him in the face with the phone. Also the amount of times Ghostface gets the shit kicked out of him in yes. this movie. It, okay, uh, that's another, that's another thing. I think that's a Wes Craven thing because Freddie has a lot of yeah. like, at the end of Nightmare on Elm Street, he got the crap kicked out of him. By the Home Alone traps, <laughs> like the sledgehammer and yeah. stuff. And he's just like, Whoa! like it's like Three Stooges, like physical comedy. And <laughs> Ghostface goes through this the entire movie. And it's hilarious. I love it. Yeah. He gets the absolute <laughs> shit kicked out of him. So Casey slams him in the face with her beautiful 90s cordless phone. That thing would hurt. Right? Yeah. With a brick. And then she takes off running. You see mom and dad walking up the walk. And you're like, okay, she's going to make it. But Ghostface like grabs her from behind and stabs her right in the chest but she's still trying like casey's a fighter trying to get away he also strangles her too which i think leads to the because you know you're like why don't you just scream that they kind of you know that's Mm kind of the explanation of like he is 
done something to her where she can't do that. That's a good point. Yeah, because I remember thinking that the first time mm-hmm. I watched it because I just glazed over the fact that he strangled her. Uh, so mom and dad have walked into the house. Like, they just barely missed each other. They see the chairs through the back door. They see the kitchen. Like, the popcorn's on fire. They can't find Casey. And then they're like, okay, we're going to call the police. And mom picks up the phone. Also, this scene made me cry. It's very sad. Mom picks up the phone and she's like, oh my God, I can hear her. And we can hear Casey through the line as she's like dying and someone cuts her up. The husband's like, okay, go down the street, call the police. Like, I'm going to see what I can find. And mom walks out the front door and Casey's like strung up in a tree. Like she just starts screaming and ooh, it was a hell of a first scene. (laughs) A really gruesome death too, because, you know, yeah. That's true. She's strung up in a tree and her, her insides are on the outside. Just like Steve. Just like Steve, you know, romantic. Star-crossed lovers. <laughs> so, and then we bounce to the next, oh, it's not the next day, but we bounce to the next scene where we do meet our final girl, who is Sydney Prescott, mm-hmm. who is working on something on her computer when her boyfriend, Billy Loomis, pops through the window. Skeet! Skeet, skeet! <laughs> He's looking for skeet, skeet, too. He he is trying, boy. My God. Billy is fucking horny this whole movie. Oh, and I have a fun fact because I rented this on Amazon, so it popped up with little fun facts. Oh, that's nice. So there was a there were a lot of women who auditioned for the role of Sydney, um, including Melissa Joan Hart, Brittany Murphy, Alicia Witt, Melanie Linsky, and Melinda Clark all auditioned for the role, mm. but it went to Nev Campbell. A lot, a lot of big names in this movie, too. Well, I don't know if they were big at the time, but yeah. looking back on it, they are. Well, uh, Nev Campbell was in 90210 at the time, I think, so people knew who she was. Probably Courtney Cox because of Friends. Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of big names in this one. So Billy has popped into Sydney's bedroom, and Dad kind of tries <laughs> to come in because he heard a noise because she yeah, screamed right. when Billy popped up in her fucking window. So dad's like, hey, I'm going out of town for the weekend for my conference. Like, this is where you can reach me. Here's the hotel. Now, now her dad. Yes. Have you seen the movie Office Space? Yeah. Okay. This guy has the same, like, tone as uh, Bill Lumberg, which is the boss, who is like, uh, yeah, <laughs> if I could have you come in on something. So she, he's like, uh, yeah, I heard something. I heard a scream. Yeah. I'm going to go <laughs> on vacation. I'll be in a, yeah. Like he just has like that really weird, <laughs> like, affect to his, uh, speech. He does. 100% made me think of him. And I actually watched a couple clips of Office Space. So I got distracted during this. That's really funny. I <laughs> never put that together, but yeah. Yeah. I could see yeah, that. A little bit. <laughs> So um, after Bill Lumberg leaves, Sydney is alone in the room with Billy, who is being a creeper. But he does say something that makes me laugh. He's like, yeah, so I'm here because I was watching The Exorcist and it got me thinking about us. And Sydney's right. like, what? Uh, what what <laughs> part of that made you think? Because uh, Sid, how romantic said we just watched this movie and I can't think of a goddamn thing in that movie that would make me want to think of my honey and go to her. Her, her home at night. Sneak on over. <laughs> did you just say honey? <laughs> I did. Uh, I got okay. a soft spot. Say, come on. Uh, I, I, You're right. I'm learning all these new things about you. It's very sweet. Billy likes the detective that likes to invite people to watch movies with him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm busy. I've seen that movie already. 
<laughs> I've seen that movie, Earl. But we can go to lunch. Yes. So he's like, I was watching The Exorcist on TV and it made me think of our relationship. And she's like, that's weird. Why is that? He's like, well, because it was shown for TV, which means they cut out all the good parts, like, which is like our relationship. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's just being a little horny. That's fucker. a good analogy. That's a good dialogue, though. Like, I was like, oh, that's kind of clever, actually. It was funny. As 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 like weird as it was to <laughs> like, use that as a funny. segue into like, hey, can we do stuff? But yeah. Hey, can we can we bang? Is that cool? It also does set up Billy's love for horror movies, which he kind of shows throughout the whole movie by constantly referencing different right. movies. He, he does reference them, and it's, there's, a, there's a red herring in this because Randy also loves them probably even more than Billy does. Even more, So you absolutely. think like, oh, he's the he's the fanatic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and Billy's is kind of, you have to notice It's more it. understated. Yes, exactly, exactly. He starts whining about how they're not they're not having intimate sexy times and he's not into that he's like i wouldn't dare break your underwear rule underwear rule (laughs) it is hard to say but of course she's like we can make out and immediately he tries to break the underwear rule so shut up billy okay i they played an acoustic version of don't fear the reaper yes and that was fucking great i loved that that music choice mm-hmm. even though it's a very foreboding <laughs> song to be listening to it is <laughs> i okay also related to this soundtrack i tried to like buy it on itunes yesterday because i'm a sucker who still pays for her music me too and it's not on itunes anywhere like i was looking it up with my um my partner and I would have had to like buy the physical CD on Amazon or like a, a record store or something because it's out of print. What? So you have to buy it used. So, okay. I didn't actually look it up. I just, I knew I heard that song before. So did they actually do that cover mm. or was it? A, oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Scream soundtrack's got some bangers on I there. Like, I like oh. that version quite a bit. I'm very I'm upset. I just said bangers. Me too. <sighs> yeah. We're all disappointed in me. It's okay. Um. <laughs> So I did the thing where we look up the actors and actresses like ages yes, compared yeah. to their characters age. So Sydney's character is 17. This first movie, Nev Campbell was 22. So that's pretty close. Pretty close. And pretty close. Bill- Billy Loomis is supposed to be 18 and Skeet Ulrich is 25. So that's a little mm. less close, but they're still. No wonder her dad came barging in trying to. He's like, <laughs> who is this 25 year old man in my His child's bedroom? <laughs> Get him out! Get him out! <laughs> <laughs> so they they're making out. He tries to touch her panties, and she says no. You see the hand push his hand away. Yeah, creepy. Yeah, don't love that. The consent in this movie is not super there, but it's also the '90s, so we'll give it a little bit of a pass. So Billy goes to leave and like go back out the window and she's like, hey, Billy, would you settle for a PG-13 movie and flashes him? So ha ha ha. Everything is fine again. Yeah. Their little PG-13 play that they were doing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't approve? Ah, just what a weird line. But I know I know it I know it ties back into like Billy's analogy, but I don't know. Oh, I thought it was cute. <laughs> okay. Okay. How romantic, Billy. Billy is not romantic <laughs> at all. There is no point in this movie where you're like, that Billy, what a romantic guy. That's not why she's with him. I agree. She's with him because he's, he's exciting. 
<laughs> and he's cute. You know, is there any other adjectives you want to throw in there? Or? No, no, I'm good for okay. now. Okay. So the next day, we see where they go to school, Woodsboro High, and there are reporters all over the place. Can I quickly comment? So Uh-oh. We, Uh-oh. we heard this beautiful rendition of Don't Fear the Reaper. Oh no. And then we cut to this next scene and it's like boom, 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 boom. it's like all these industrial sounds of like <laughs> sh- pianos falling downstairs and shit. It is so freaking loud compared to the previous scene. It is. I don't and the music does not fit like like at all. You're trying to like people are talking, you're trying to hear what they're saying and the music is just like doing 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 doing. It's like doing all this weird sound effect stuff. Not a fan. You know, I Wes Craven, come on. You could do I better. I never noticed. But that is probably because I love this movie so much. So it's good you're here to tear down all my hopes and dreams. Thank you. You can't tune out all the bad stuff, Sid. You're going to have to hear some of it. <laughs> but I want to. <laughs> so, the yes. So the next day, there are a bunch of reporters mm-hmm. and apparently terrible music is playing. It is. Trust me. And <laughs> um, this is where we meet Gail Weathers and Tatum O'Neill, who is Sydney's best friend. Mm-hmm. who says like Sydney's like what's going on and Tatum's like oh Casey and her boyfriend got slaughtered last night and it like I haven't seen this much press action since well I just haven't seen this much press action in a while which kind of lets us know something happened right oh last year. right right they're kind of referencing to some other murder um mm-hmm. yeah she's got to spread the goss that happened so quickly it was, it was like the night before isn't it everyone knows already yeah it's a small it must town. be one of the small town things yeah yeah. Then we go to the scene where kids are being called into the principal's office to just kind of get questioned to see if they knew anything. And that is where we meet Henry Winkler, who was playing our principal Quimby. Yes. I love Henry Quimby? Winkler. He's right? great. Yeah. He's so funny in this movie. Yeah. They actually asked him to go uncredited, by the way, because they didn't want his star power to overshine the newer actors in this movie. Which explain because I'm I'm like I know that's him mm-hmm. and I'm looking through the credits I'm like where the hell is he There's like a, actually quite a few uncredited people in this, including Uh-oh. Linda Blair. Yes, I was going to mention movie. that. She's one of the report. It's a little later, but she's one of yes. the re- hysterical reporters trying to get answers about what's going on. It's like how much I don't know how we could pick two movies that have so like they pull <laughs> from each other so much and there's so many coincidences. But we're just I guess we like did that. we did that. We planned that, actually. Yeah, absolutely. That was on purpose. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's another reason I say that, like, this is a love love note to horror movies. Because as much as he's, like, making fun of it, he is paying lots of homage to Mm -hmm. a bunch of different things. So, yes, good good call out. Okay, so Sydney gets called into the principal's office where Henry Winkler's principal. We meet Dewey, who is played by David Arquette. Deputy Dewey, love him. Deputy Dewey. You kind of notice, like, the police and the principal are being super, super gentle with Sydney, which is, again, mm-hmm. letting us know something happened. And then we don't, but we don't get to see the interview. So we just bounce to the next scene where it's lunch period. And also, by the fucking way, we meet Sydney's friends and they're, like, sitting at a whole ass fountain outside. Like, what school mm-hmm. do you go to that has this beautiful, luscious fountain and flowers? It's one of those California schools. I, I they guess. They have like the campuses. There, there's some nice ones out there. Mm, well, does not look like where I went to school. It's fine. I'm oh. not jealous. Um, I will add that this is at the point of the movie mm-hmm. 
um, because you know De- Dewey's involved in this the interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. In Scary Movie, there's a character named Doofy who oh ex- is exact. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good thing or it's a <laughs> well written. I'm just saying okay. that. Uh, Doofy has like an he's like the Dewey he's like a cop yeah. and he's he's yeah and he turns out to be <clears throat> spoilers for scary movie he turns uh, out to be the person that is killing everyone so that's why when oh, I no. watched this I'm like oh well it, obviously it's him oh. so this entire time I was misled into you thinking were... it was Dewey it was actually a pretty like <laughs> okay okay <laughs> it Res- kind of made this movie more interesting respect respect scary movie i appreciate that they didn't give Ooh. it away then oh earl can you clip that she said respect for scary movie we're just gonna put that on blast at the beginning of the episode that's a big Maybe at the end too fuck you buddy <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yes okay Ur- earl you're fired uh-oh what Not good news for earl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well, we've never had to hire a new producer in the middle of an episode, but oh. maybe today's the day. Yeah, here we are. Okay. So anyways, we meet the friends. So Billy is there. We've established Billy and Sydney are together. We see mm-hmm. Tatum, who is Sydney's best friend. We meet Tatum's boyfriend, Stu, who is played by Matthew Lillard. And then mm-hmm. we meet Randy, who is played by Jamie Kennedy. I hate her friends. I like I like Tatum. She's cool. I hate Stu and Randy what? at the beginning. What do you mean? What they're, this is what I mean about the, like the dialogue is okay, but they're oh. just like, <laughs> like they're doing all this weird shit. It's like, it was the night. Yes. Some people, some people acted like that. I, I suppose, but like it is so over the top and like it completely, you completely see where Matthew Lillard got his shaggy for Scooby-Doo. Oh no, <laughs> it was the nineties. Stop it. <laughs> Um, oh. man, I just, it, it was, it, it paid off at the end of the movie, but right now they are insufferable for, for me. I love them because they're terrible. I mean, okay. So it also feels like to me, I probably, cause I watched it pretty young. This always felt like you were the freshman and they were like the cool seniors that you wanted to be friends with. How old were you, were you when you saw this, Sid? Well, probably too young. Let's see. It came out when I was 11. <laughs> so... I probably saw it um, middle school, maybe. Man, yeah, that's too young. I don't think you should have saw. It. I think it was too young. <laughs> it explains so much. Well, uh, yeah. What I don't understand is the Billy thing. I don't get the. <gasps> Excuse sorry. you, first of all, sir. <laughs> let's talk yes. about it. So he is wearing jeans and a white t-shirt. A lot of this movie, sexy as hell. Most he's got do. that. Oh, okay. No, he's got that '90s hair. That like that like part in the middle, nineties hit. Oh my god! And he's like, he's the, not I haven't a... showered for a couple of days. Look, that does, you know that your hair kind of does that. It does the like it's gel. <laughs> you think he gels? I don't yes. think Billy gels. I don't. I don't think Skeet gels. Yes, he gels. I, plus, he's just got like that kind of dangerous vibe. Like he's not. Yeah, he's not he has super a nice. No, he's like. He's like the mysterious guy that mm-hmm. girls just want to be with him because they don't like they they don't know him. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. That's what I'm the vibes I'm getting in. It's like you know, it's, I, it's very sexy. Uh okay. <laughs> you okay. will not change my mind on this. Anyway. I, I'm not trying to. I, I suppose, but uh, 
I got it. I got to let you know what I think. And I think it's well, silly Billy. I think it's silly. You think it's, he's just a little silly Billy. He's a silly Billy. <laughs> uh, fair enough. So I I have a soft spot for Randy. I think he's goofy as hell, but I also just. I feel bad for him. I love how into the movies he is. Yeah. He's yeah. also less insufferable in Scream 2. Like he calms down a little bit. Oh, he's in the next one. Okay. Yeah. You know what I've He's alive I've at the end of this movie. I, I know, but who knows? Maybe Jamie Kennedy's like, yeah, I'm not doing this again. Uh hmm. I don't know. I, I haven't seen the second one. Um, there is always that role of the less likable friend that's always played by Seth Green. So I guess I'm kind of happy that it's filled by a different person in yeah. this movie because it could I I almost thought it was Seth Green at first, but Honestly, Seth Green could have played that part, and it would have oh, fit yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good. He's he's very like typecast as that. Yeah. Kind of mouthy, nerdy guy. He is. That's that's a good point. When we meet them, they're talking about the murders, and Sydney is obviously uncomfortable, and Tatum's trying to be like, "Hey, can you guys shut up? Like, you're making my friend uncomfortable." And Stu and Randy just keep talking about like the ways. Mm-hmm. That these Casey and Steve were gutted, and Sydney gets upset and leaves essentially. So she catches a school bus home for the weekend where we see her dad has already left. So she's going to stay with Tatum. I'm not sure if it's the weekend, but she's going to stay with Tatum while her dad's out of town just because of the murders and she's getting nervous. Yeah. Which these houses in this movie, gorgeous. Oh huge. my God. They are ginormous. Like, that's half of the scary part of this movie is if you're being chased around in a mansion, you have so many options. <laughs> Where like, are you going to go? I don't know. Like, that's <laughs> like the indecisiveness of like what room to hide in. True. But man, these houses are insane in this movie. It was harder to be a final girl back then because you just had more rooms to choose. <laughs> more, more, money, more money, more problems. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying for sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> so um, Tatum says, okay, I'm going to pick you up at seven. So Sydney uh, is just kind of hanging out for a couple hours and she flips on the news where we see, I think it's Gail who's reporting about what happened a year ago. Um, So Gail Weathers is reporting about, you know, we haven't seen crime like this since last year where uh, Marie Prescott, who is Sydney's mom, was brutally raped and murdered. So we kind of start to see why everyone's been treating her with kid gloves. Mm -hmm. She gets pissed, turn the TV off and then she takes a nap on the couch with her fucking shoes on like a monster. I saw that too. I was like, for how nice this house is, are you really going to put your feet up on the couch? Like, like, take like, your I, damn shoes off. Or at least put some plastic up on there. True. Let's keep, let's keep it clean. Make this a grandma couch. It's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the phone rings, wakes her up. We see it's 715. So we assume it's Tatum and it's not. It's Ghostface on the phone. And he starts to play with her. And at first she thinks it's Randy because now that we've met Randy, we see how into horror movies he is. Mm -hmm. And he asks her, what's your favorite scary movie? And she's like, you know what? I hate scary movies. They're insulting. It's some idiot killer, some big breasted woman who can't act, who always runs up the stairs when she should be running out the door. This is such a good like meta commentary on this movie. Yeah, it's great because anyway. Yeah. Yes. I'll come back to that. She starts to get mad because she doesn't like that he's messing with her. Like, she's pretty much leave me alone. And she goes outside. She calls his bluff. She goes outside. She's like, you're not out here. You can't see me. What am I doing right now? And she starts picking her nose, which I thought was really funny. 
She's like, if you can see me, what am I doing? And then he says she's going to die like her mom if she hangs up on him again, which freaks her out, rightly so. This guy does not like being hung up on. He has got some serious rejection issues. Which, when we find out who it is, it's like, oh, that yeah. make a little more sense. And some mommy issues, too. But we'll get to that. So she runs inside, locks the door, and then Ghostface pops out of the hall closet, and they start to fight. And she can't open the door because she's put the slide lock on, so she has to run upstairs. So instead of running out the front door, <laughs> she runs upstairs. <laughs> nah, I thought was really funny. That's really good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing and maybe Earl if you know about computers you can answer to this but she can't call on the phone so she calls on her computer 911 is that a real thing Earl could never find if it was a real thing but Defpotec <laughs> which is what they called it on the screen is actually the line read on uh, one second here I want to make sure I get the word right on the Snellen eyesight chart Defpotec is 2020 <laughs> vision Oh my god. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All so right. If that was a verbal joke. It was a little on the nose. <laughs> a lot of stuff's on the nose. Okay. So I I always wondered if that was a real thing. It just felt like the future. I don't know. I mean, it's certainly I mean, you can text 911 now. So it is like True. If it wasn't a thing back then, I I don't honestly don't know because that computer is like ancient. Like Windows 3.1 or something. It's like it's like just after <laughs> They count with an OS to cover over uh, DOS, but it it was very rudimentary. Yeah, I, I, and I don't know if you could do that, but that's uh... also she picked up the phone and it was dead, correct? Yes. And the phone, the computer runs on a modem, so it, wouldn't that be out of order too? Stop poking holes in Wes Craven's movie. Craven, I'm craving the facts. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid jesus so she uh ghost face magically disappears and billy's face pops into the window what's up babe and at first uh she's like it's okay babe what's wrong and she's like oh my god thank god you're here like there's a killer in the house i'm freaking out he's like it's okay it's okay he's gone without checking he's just like no babe he's gone don't worry i've looked in this room He's definitely not in Not here. any of the 20 other rooms of your house. <laughs> He's not here, though. Um, and then he drops an old-ass cell phone. Which what? I... I pa- old? I paused... How old? Shut up. I paused it to see if it, like, said Nokia on it or not. I couldn't see anything. <laughs> it just looks like a calculator turned into a cell phone. Uh, yeah, I... Okay. So I was gonna... I was gonna try to make this joke at the beginning, but I googled it and quickly taught myself out of it but like i was expecting 1996 i'm expecting phones to be like just the size of bricks Mm -hmm. no they're they're not that bad actually uh they probably weren't cheap to buy so for him to have that it's kind of odd but his family has um, money all these families have money they the the school they go to their houses yeah it's it's ridiculous but that phone yeah that phone looked like a i don't know a higher end model of the day, true in ninety six or whatever, but yeah, he he drops it and obviously, oh my gosh, what? Earl has one. Earl, where did he's you get holding, that? He's phone? holding up a Nokia. If it's the same one Earl uses. It's an audio box. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> wow, Earl. 
That is beautiful. And support ended when Radio Shack closed down. Wow. That is like That's bigger crazy. than the size of your hand. That is, I forgot how big they used to be. So Earl's the killer. Is that what we're saying? Earl is the murderer. Watch out. Earl needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> Earl's got to go. Bye. Earl's been on this call this, or on this the whole time, so it's a little hard for him to sneak off and do his murdering. But... So um, I, I did want to comment and say yeah. that I, again, the same thing with Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I enjoy how quickly it got to the action. This yeah. is less than 30 minutes in yes. that the killer is trying to go after the final girl. Like multiple times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, I just want to throw that in there. I, li- I yeah. like that it's quick and it's quick, quickly paced. I agree. I guess that's why I was saying that at the beginning. I know it's two hours, but I, Wes Craven's pretty good at like keeping the pace moving. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you. So he's hugging her. His phone falls out of his pocket, which... 1996 is a bigger deal because everyone's got a phone now, but not everybody had a right. phone back then. So mm-hmm. she's like, holy shit, you have a phone. So she takes off running, like doesn't talk to him, just books it and tries to open the front door. <laughs> and I thought this was funny too. <laughs> she opens the front door and Ghostface mask is standing there, but it's Dewey holding it up. So she screams, he screams. I cracked up. And, and we all scream. And when I saw that, I was like, surely it's Dewey. I'm not stupid. I saw a scary movie. So I'm like being misdirected. I'm I'm like like going around in circles at this point. Like, is it him? Like, he seems too dumb, integral to the story. So there's a lot of points in my notes where I'm like, how can he be in this place and that place at the same time? So like, I'm completely going down this rabbit hole. That That's scary really movie funny. made me go down. Yeah. Interesting. So... Billy is arrested, and thank God, thank God, lock him up, lock him up. <laughs> so Sydney is in the ambulance while they're just kind of making sure she's okay. And Tatum rolls up, and we find out that Tatum is Dewey's younger sister. Yes, yes. Which I was unnecessary. Like he didn't have to do that, but it made it so much funnier. So I really appreciate uh, Wes Craven's sense of humor. It made it funny for when so they're. Well, here I'll go. I'll get to that in a second. But they're they're basically at the police station getting processed at this mm-hmm. point, right? Yep. Or getting interviewed for what, what just happened? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So they're at the station getting processed. Gail Weathers rolls up with Kenny, and she is not nice to her cameraman Kenny. Justice no. for Kenny. <laughs> I feel bad for him. She is just I did too mean to him the whole time. Hashtag justice for Kenny. I don't even know if that's going to fly nowadays. He's already gone. He's dead. I'm sorry. He is dead. That's true. Kenny does not make it. Spoilers. He doesn't make it to Twitter. No. (laughs) So, Gail rolls up with Kenny and she says, Jesus, the camera. And he says, my name's not Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) So dumb, but it was funny. And then she calls him fat because she's mean. (laughs) <laughs> Hold on. She calls him a fat lard ass. Let's make sure that's on the record. <laughs> oh, Kenny. <laughs> well, justice for Kenny. We better tell people she what does. he actually. She does. She yeah, calls okay. him a fat lard ass because she's mean. Because she's a cox. <laughs> she's a cox. <laughs> we have. Sorry. I, I lost the thread. Here we go. So Billy's getting interviewed by the sheriff and his dad's there. And his, the sheriff's like, what? Well, what were you doing with the cell phone, son? Which. I know. I love this. That made doesn't me make sense today. Yeah. No, but it was funny back then (laughs) and so they essentially like billy gets processed and the police find out that the the mask and the costume that the killer was wearing is sold in like every halloween store around here so they can't really like go off of who purchased it Mm -hmm, can't track it 
this part was hilarious to me. <laughs> um, so Billy, you know, he's, he's, he's saying everyone has a cell phone and mm-hmm. then he like, and he's being accused of the murder. He like dramatically spins around in his chair and looks at Sid like he does a 180 and he has like this like puppy dog. Like I'm telling you, it's the, at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's a scary it's, murder smolder. But it's it's hilarious. They made him turn around to make that face like. <laughs> yes, that's true. He's Hold on. I know I'm being accused for murder. Hold on. I got to make a fucking ugly face. Wait. And then the, does it. Yeah, it was it was hilarious. I have to make myself look more incriminating. Yeah. <laughs> I am the bad guy, right? Well, it's apparently Deputy Doofus, according to you. It's canonically, it is. <laughs> <laughs> according to a different movie. True. That, well, you know what? You're right. So when they're talking about they can't figure out who it is because this this costume is being sold in every store. I thought it was mm-hmm. interesting because I remembered they're probably purchasing with cash a lot more back then. I don't think people were using oh, credit yeah. cards quite the same way they are now because that would be easier to track. Right. So cash is king. Cash is king. So if you want to commit a bunch of murders, friends, just use that cash. Not that we're advocating for that. Right. Well, yeah. No, don't murder people. Obviously. Obviously. But always uh, use cash. <laughs> no murder, but use cash. Okay. So Billy gets booked. He gets held in custody. And uh, then Tatum rolls in and she sees that her friend Sydney's upset. So she's like, we want to go. But she's not being very nice to Dewey, which is funny. It's hilarious. He's like, what did mom tell you? When I'm wearing the badge, you have to treat me like a man of the law. (laughs) And everyone's laughing at him. All of his coworkers are laughing at him. (laughs) He's my superior. Well, the janitor is your superior. Which is actually true. It's true. He's the director. I hadn't got there yet, but yes. Cut it. Sorry. (laughs) So, um, So, Sydney and Tatum leave. But we see that Gail has found out because they're they're leaving out the back so that this the flood of reporters that are at the police office mm-hmm. don't catch them. But Gail Weathers has an idea and goes around the back. So she meets Sydney and Tatum there as they're trying to leave. Tatum tries to just pull her aside, like, hey, let's go. But Sydney's like, no, no, she's just doing her job. And then she starts asking her how the book is going. And mm-hmm. Gail's like, Oh, it's great. Like I'll I'll you know. It's coming out this fall, and Sydney's like, "Oh, I'll look for it." And Gail's like, "I'll send you a copy." And then Sydney just hauls off and cold cocks her in the face. It was amazing. It was, it was great. It was great. <laughs> just punches the shit out of her as she should. And, and it kind of develops more of the story of like Sydney knows Gail somehow, other yeah. than just her being a you know tabloid reporter. Not tabloid, but like she's she's ruthless in her job as a journalist. Yes. She does. She'll screw people's feeling she doesn't care about that yeah and maybe she hurt sid or so we kind of find that like because i don't think it was said right there that it was no. in reference to her mom okay. we just know they don't like each other but we're not we, sure they, why they really don't like each other yeah so i i wrote this in my notes i was like oh Wes craven writes his final girls tough and that makes me happy like they are not shrinking violets no, and I I like a character that can be tough throughout the movie instead of just at the end when they gather all their courage and strength. Yeah. Like I, I like to show that they're, they're a badass even throughout the movie, not just at the end of it. Yeah, I agree. Like uh, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street had that same vibe. Like she is, mm-hmm. it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Which if you haven't listened to our episode, you can go back and find it. Nightmare on Elm Street. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Then we hop to uh, Sydney is staying with Tatum. So... They're just kind of hanging out, talking, and Tatum's very proud of Sydney for punching the shit out of Gail Weathers. 
And then Sydney gets a phone call and she thinks it's her dad because they haven't been able to get a hold of her dad yet. So she answers the phone and it's Ghostface on the phone with her, which if the killer is Billy, like she thinks should be impossible because Billy's in jail. Mm -hmm. So they grab Dewey because Ghostface is on the phone. So they want to track the call. And then the Ghostface hangs up before they can trace the call, essentially. And again, unnecessary, but it made me laugh. Uh, They're... (laughs) <laughs> Sydney and Tatum are walking off screen and so is their mom and then Dewey picks up the phone after it's already been hung up and he goes hello and he's <laughs> to nobody to a dial tone it made me laugh which if this was a scary movie <laughs> you would think oh that's just a really good misdirect because you know it's him no 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 it's just him being kind of <laughs> dumb and sweet I love Dewey well it's me being dumb too because to think that I could Know the end of this movie already before I watch it. It's Dewey. It's okay. Okay, so next morning reveals, a news report reveals that Sydney is the key witness who, when her mom was brutalized and murdered, Sydney is the key witness who put a man caught and weary in jail. Her testimony is identifying him as, you know, the the murderer. Mm -hmm. She's the only reason he's in jail on death row. And then we find out that Billy is released because they... His phone records were clean. He didn't make that call. So Sydney goes to school the next day. And as Jack pointed out earlier, there is a reporter who gets in her face and is like, so how does it feel to be uh, almost brutally butchered? People want to know. And that is Linda Blair, mm-hmm. who does a great job at being a obnoxious reporter. She doesn't turn colors or puke anything, though. I'm a little disappointed by the cameo. That's true. It was it was a little too fast for her to like get a, a good barf out, but... Yeah, maybe a little more screen time. It also was almost too fast for me even to realize it was her. I had to look up in the credits to yeah. <laughs> to even realize that. But she also does look quite a bit different. So That's true. I didn't know it was her until, because I watched this on Amazon, and Amazon will put little facts if you like hover your mouse over it. So Amazon was like, hey, that's Linda Blair. And it's like, hold on. What? So Sydney goes up to Gail because she wants to apologize for punching her in the face. We find out Sydney is mad because Gail wrote a book about her mother's case a year ago. And Gail's like, look, it was the biggest court case. Like, I just was reporting the news. And I think your testimony put away an innocent man. And Sydney says, I can't believe you still think Cotton Weary is innocent. It turns out, like, Sydney is not as sure as she was a year ago that it was Cotton Weary who murdered her mom. And Gail is pretty sure about what facts she's put in the book or or is telling Sydney at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gail is convinced it's not cotton weary. So, and then we bounce to a bunch of high school kids running down the hallway being dicks with a ghost face <laughs> costume on, yes. which freaks Sydney out. So she runs literally into Billy, who is back in school. And they have this goofy exchange where she apologizes for thinking, like, hey, sorry, you were the killer. Somebody called me. And he's like, see, totally couldn't have been me then, bro. Like, I was in jail. And she's like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. And then he's like, why won't you sleep with me? <laughs> he gets a little frustrated at this point. He I does. Think. But I just think it's funny. He's more mad still that she won't take their relationship to the next level than that she accused mm-hmm. him of murder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then. Priorities, man. Priorities. You know, Billy needs to get his needs met. What? Well, that's, that's not the message I'm getting from this. Well, yeah, that's what that's he's what trying he to convey. That's what he thinks. That but, is not what I Man. Think. Okay, okay. Well, you you seem like you're pro Billy, so I'm just making sure. I'm also pro like taking care of yourself. And Billy is Billy's being a complete shit. He's like, yes, hey man, uh, your mom died a year ago. Can you get that, over it? 
that was messed up. What? Like, <laughs> like, come on. Like, what's the big deal? Like, it, he was such a little bitch about oh, that. Like, he's ugh. horrible. I, I just wrote in my notes that I think every time he, he appeared on screen, I said, he is creepy. He is. He gives off killer vibes pretty fucking early. <laughs> yes. Like, hot killer vibes, but killer vibes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. So he's terrible to her about her mother's passing because the anniversary is i think the next day so he's like your mom died a year ago and she's like yeah tomorrow also i'm still grieving she has a great line too she says i'm sorry my traumatized life is an inconvenience yes she says more than that but that was like the summation of it i was like that's a good line that was a good line i agree so we go to henry winkler's office the principal who is just (laughs) berating these students up and down who were wearing the outfits and he does a good job of being a pissed off principal he yes like i i think it was funny it it was funny that the kids were like oh what's we do and he's like you're fucking expelled and like what (laughs) like he just goes to like 11 and says you and he's also like 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 has these ginormous scissors i've never seen scissors this big yeah except for maybe like clock tower video game uh-huh. uh but he's like he's like he's like taking stabs at them not stabbing them he's but he's like kind of threatening them a little bit yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i remember but yeah I, I i was gonna say i love i love this scene i, I love mm. him as a principal like his character he's so good yes he is very protective of his students at least the ones that aren't terrorizing other students that was great. Thank you, Henry Winkler, for being the best principal. Mm-hmm. And then we bounce over to Sydney, who is just kind of taking a breather in the bathroom. But then she goes into the stall because she hears girls start talking about her. Also, fun fact, the girl who plays the cheerleader, the blonde mean one, mm-hmm. um, was dating Skeet Ulrich at the time. Oh. So, yeah. Mean goes with mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the girls are being terrible, saying like Sydney just either made it up or she's the murderer or whatever. And then they leave and she's just kind of trying to collect herself. And then she hears her name being whispered, but then she sees the vent in the bathroom. She's like, no, I'm just, it's fine. It's nothing's Mm -hmm. happening. And then we hear her name again. And then we see footsteps or feet slowly descend from the toilet stall and the little ghost face dress comes down. A little dress. He was put a dress on. It's a a little black dress. He's getting ready to go out. (laughs) He's looking cute. So she's yes. I've got to mention something here. Uh Okay, so I think every movie we watch, Mm -hmm. I find something in the movie that is more horrific than the whole movie, the whole purpose, the whole plot. Okay, she gets on her fucking hands and knees in a high school bathroom, (laughs) and that shot of like underneath all those toilets are covered in they're disgusting. (laughs) There's like toilet paper everywhere, and she does it twice. I'm sorry. I know this is like irrational that I'm pointing no, this out. No, you're right. Like, oh my God, that is so <laughs> disgusting. That's true. She does get on her hands and knees to try to see oh, if anyone's it, under the stalls. And it's, it's pretty nasty. So Ghostface pops out of the last stall and she freaks out and she manages to like duck under his arms and run away. Like he is not very effectual killer. No, it's, it's, it's slapstick almost. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. I love it. If he was... <laughs> And that, you know, obviously she's badass. She punched Gail in the face and she, did. she can punch. But 
there is something to be said for how like how comedic <laughs> Ghostface is about like his his attack. <laughs> he gets punched and he and he's like Ugh! like you can hear him like yeah. do the guffaw <laughs> like it's like <laughs> it's always so hilarious. I think it adds, it, but it always it you know how long was he sitting in the bathroom? How many conversations did he hear? Right, like before just he fi- waiting. But, besides, <laughs> also she didn't say anything, so no one knew she was in the bathroom. That's just the magic I'm of Ghostface. Magic? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, magic. Okay, well. So magically, Ghostface knows it's her, but she escapes. And then Gail and Dewey kind of have a flirty chat, which, fun fact, this is the movie that Courtney Cox and David Arquette met, mm. was on this movie, and they got married. Uh, they're divorced now, but... um, Huh, happily ever after. Well, they were married for a while. Anyways, <laughs> it's just, it's cute because, like, the flirting kind of feels real because they were flirting and starting to date. I don't know. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah. You know, someone coming on to you so they can get information for their job and get one leg up on the competition. That's sexy as fuck. Shut up. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> school is canceled. Just because of oh. the... The, the announcement of this is so great. It's They're outside. It shows the loudspeaker. And Henry Luker's like, that's it. Everything that's happened, we're done with school. We're closing school. Everyone's like, yeah. And he's like, and the police are putting in a curfew at nine. No. Like, <laughs> that's true. So good. He also starts it off with, this is your principal. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 So Henry Winkler continues to be amazing. So school is out, uh, canceled, and they play Alice Cooper's School's <laughs> Out for Summer, which is great. And uh, they decide to throw, Stu decides to throw a party at his house. Yeah. They're getting ready for the party. And then we bounce over to Henry Winkler, who's dicking around in his office <laughs> with the ghost face mask, which yeah. is great. Yeah. And he, he scares himself at one point. <laughs> yeah, he looks at himself in the mirror and scares himself. It's amazing. <laughs> I think he, someone knocks on his door and he's like, oh, who was that? He opens it. No one's there. And that's when he scares himself because he comes back in his office. He's like, huh. <laughs> so, someone knocks on his door again and he's like, what the hell? Because no one's there again. And he says, little shits. And the janitor. Like looking around. <laughs> the janitor who is played, as Jack mentioned earlier, who is played by Wes Craven. Is wearing the Freddy Krueger fedora and the hat. And he's like, you're talking to me? No, Fred, sorry. <laughs> it's a great, great cameo. It was a great cameo. It's, a, it's like an Inception cameo, too. Mm-hmm. So then he goes back into his office. He's kind of looking around. He doesn't see anything. And then uh, Ghostface is in his office and attacks him. He scares himself again. I'm sorry. I just want to say that again Did one he? more time. He, he walks in again and scares himself <laughs> when he looks in the mirror. I forgot he did <laughs> like, it twice. <laughs> Oh, God, I love Henry. He was so good in this. Yeah, so then Ghostface attacks him, kills him, and Henry Winkler has, like, the most dramatic death. It's gorgeous. He's He's really hamming it up, yes. (laughs) That's wonderful. (laughs) Then we go over to Tatum and Sydney, who are talking on Tatum's front porch about Sydney's mom, and Tatum's like, well, everyone's kind of heard the rumors about your mom. Essentially, like... Being a bit of a slut and sleeping around. Yeah, what the hell, man? (laughs) I just, if that were my best friend, and she's like, yeah, I mean, I've totally heard that about your mom. And at some point, if you hear it enough times, it's probably true. But don't worry about it. Let's go have a party. 
Yeah, it's... It... You know, you just hear a bunch of misinformation on the news. You keep hearing it over and over. Finally, you just start believing it. Like, you what know? kind of fucking excuse is that? No. <laughs> Not my best friend. No. Also, isn't... I'm sorry. Isn't Tatum a weird name for a girl? Oh, I find that odd. It's just kind of a weird name. Okay. Wait. You're uh, you're dissing on Channing Tatum. I guess that's his last that's name. That's his last name. Although Channing is kind of a weird name, too. I don't know. I thought t- when they were saying Tatum a bunch, I thought it was referring to a, a male character at first. And then it's oh. Like, oh, no, it's her best friend. So I was a little confused from at the beginning with that, too. But just a weird just a weird name in general. I agree. That's fair. Um, I do love her character, though. Yeah. So then we flash over to Randy, who's <laughs> at his job at essentially yes. like a blockbuster or a Hollywood yeah. video, which yep. for those of you who don't know, if anybody ever oh. listens and it's young people, um. There used to be video stores where you could just go rent. Ugh, God, I think there were VHSs back in the day because I'm old. You could rent movies. And DVDs, yeah. yeah, and DVDs and take them home because there was no streaming. That's how we did it, kids. And it was fun, and I miss it. And then Netflix, well, the internet destroyed the dream of Blockbuster. and Poor old Blockbuster. There goes that nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, it's okay. They charge like a lot of money, and like the late fees were ridiculous. So yeah, whatever. Did you get a lot of late fees, Jack? Yeah, because I rented video games all the time, and I wanted. <laughs> okay, I I should have just used this argument with my parents. Like, just buy me the game. I'm gonna rent it 500 times, and it's gonna be like I've already paid for the game. True. Or well, you have paid for the game, parents, <laughs> not me. <laughs> I should have used that more often. But yeah, we I would check out a game so much it would be way more than the price of actually buying it, mm. which is just silly. So this is 1996, so they are in a video store. Mm-hmm. So Stu and Randy are just kind of talking back and forth. And Randy goes into this rant about horror movies and saying, like, <laughs> if only the cops watched, like, Prom Night, then they would know all these things. And It was great. It, again, it's such, such a, like, fourth wall breaking. Like, mm-hmm. all they had to do is watch these stupid movies and they know what, <laughs> that you could easily know what would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too obvious it's that person. It's got to, you know, like, <laughs> there's also a point where he's, he's like, saying, it would be so easy to kill your girlfriend. And there's, like, this out of focus, like, extra in the back and her face is turning into, like, pure disgust. And I don't, I, for me, I don't usually see extras or people in the background Mm -hmm. reacting to a conversation because you're supposed to believe that the conversation is between the characters and you as the the person watching the movie yeah and for someone in the scene (laughs) to to hear it and like react to it i thought was a hilarious little joke like that yeah this was very funny Mm -hmm. and then we yeah we find out that randy has a crush on sydney uh which is not gonna happen she's into murder boys but yeah she's got that bad boy streak she does so he keeps saying, like, of course it's Billy. And he's not saying it quietly. And, like, Billy is in the store. <laughs> so Billy comes over and he's like, how do we know it's not you, bro? And Randy's like, no, you're right. It would totally make sense for it to be me. Anyways, you look great, Billy. Bye. Cause... I think at one point he, call, he calls him Leatherface. Yeah. Which is hilarious. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, Randy is a little afraid of Billy, what, rightfully so. Yeah, he's a creeper. He's a, he's a creeper. I know. Then we bounce over to Tatum and Sydney, who are at the grocery store picking up some supplies. And they start talking about, ugh, this grossed me out. Sydney is essentially like, oh, Billy's such a good guy. I can't believe he's still with me because I've been like, what she say, sexually anemic? Because she won't. <laughs> yeah, sexually anemic, ugh, yeah. She won't sleep with him. Or she, anorexic. Anorexic, you're right. 
that makes more sense yeah and she's like he's such a good guy i can't believe he stuck with me even though i won't sleep with him so i'm definitely gonna sleep with him to like show him i love him or something and then to seal the deal tatum's like you don't have to (laughs) like he doesn't deserve you he kind of sucks Voice of wisdom there. Voice of wisdom. That's a reason she does not listen to. Oh, of course not. We have this little interaction with the sheriff and Dewey, and we find out that the calls, the Ghostface calls, were coming from Sydney's dad's phone. So it's a problem. Right, right. Now, does that mean that the phone that Billy dropped was that his? Was that her dad's phone? I think they cloned her dad's phone. Okay. I okay. think they say that later. That'd be kind of another hole if 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 Sid didn't recognize her dad's cell phone. Although I, you know, I don't know. Back in '96, cell phones were like a no. It was a like a businessman. Like you needed it if you were, you know, needed it for business calls or important or whatever. It wasn't really a recreational thing. Or a, um, that's true. But they ran the records on his phone, so I'm guessing that was. I don't know. I don't know. Let's hmm. move on. Anyways, plot hole. No, it's not. Shush. <laughs> so, so the sheriff tells Dewey, like, hey, I want you to stay close to Sydney, keep an eye on her. So Dewey drops Tatum and Sydney off at a party where everyone's drinking because it's a small town and the cops are like, whatever, it's fine. We don't care. At least they're all in one place. At least they're all in one spot. And Gail and Kenny also roll up because Gail's trying to. Gail's just got an idea that something's going to go down at this party. So she and Kenny are just kind of hanging out in the bushes like creepers. <laughs> I'm gonna walk back a little bit here because oh. there's another really funny like inside not <gasps> inside miss. joke. They 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 are establishing that Gail and Kenny in the camera van are following Dewey in as he's dropping them off. Mm-hmm. And there's this great scene where, so you know, it, typically in like stakeout movies or if you're like a badass, you're smoking in your car and you flick the cigarette out on the on the uh, cement. Yeah, but but Rand or not Randy, uh, Kenny. Throws a bag of chips on the ground. <laughs> it's like a it's like a hilarious calling card of like it's making fun of that trope, but also like unfortunately making fun of K- Kenny's lifestyle habits with his <laughs> with Poor the chips. Kenny. But it, it's like the equivalent of flicking out a cigarette butt onto the ground. I thought that was pretty good. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, they do that a little bit too with the sheriff, who's like, "Oh, I thought you quit smoking." He's picking it back up, mm-hmm. and like Dewey is just going to town on an ice cream cone. He's, oh my god. <laughs> So to, fair, to be fair, I like strawberry as much as him. So <laughs> I mean, I'd probably be doing that too. That's fair. Also, the one, well, okay, we haven't done a ton of movies, but finally, a movie where not everyone smokes. Yeah, yeah. So it's like kind of a, it's a breath of fresh air. <gasps> Literally, it, it's nice not you know having doctors and teachers light up in the <laughs> in their workplaces. That's true. I think the sheriff is the only character who smokes, and it's like one time. And and he and he's he's trying to quit. He's like ashamed of it. Yeah, yeah. He's, like they're saying, like I thought you didn't do that. And he says, oh, you know, pressure, stress. That's a really good point, especially for like a '90s movie, because I feel like that mm-hmm. was still pretty prevalent in those. I think so too. But it's kind of it's kind of like we've watched now. We've watched a movie from the '80s, the yep. '70s, and then now the '90s, mm-hmm. and it's it's. I mean, the smoking was so pervasive in those first two in the '70s yeah. and '80s. And now it's you're kind of seeing that societal shift of like That's the true. opinion on smoking is changing. Look at you, smart guy. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, we go to the party and Dewey lets them out and they're kind of 
it's a party vibe. It's a house party. Everyone's having a good yeah. time. Nicest house party I've ever seen. Nicest house that yeah. has a party Stu in it. Stu has a nice ass house. In the middle of nowhere, by the way. It is just like in the country, in the woods. Yeah. There's nothing else out there. So Gail essentially convinces, like Dewey sees Gail's there and she convinces Dewey to take her into the party. Mm-hmm. And so, because he's a little love struck, he's like, yeah, sure, definitely. And so Gail goes into the party. The high school kids all know who she is, which I don't know about you, but if I was at a high school party, I wouldn't be like that pumped that a TV reporter was there. Right. Yeah. It's like, I hope my mom doesn't find out I'm here. Oh, shit. The person that writes for the news is here. Like, I don't know. That seems kind of like a. Yeah. And they're all like starstruck with yes. her, which is also really stupid. They treat her um, like she's a, a, a big time celebrity. It's like, uh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> She also sneaks in a camera too. Mm-hmm. She, as Dewey, she, and again, this is the whole like she's certainly playing Dewey like a fiddle. She's she duping is, him. She is, but she thinks he's cute. She plants camera in the living room, mm-hmm. which is smart. It is smart, yeah. So then they discover when she gets back to the van, like there is a thirty second delay on the camera, mm-hmm. which is an important detail. Uh, they're just kind of hanging out, and Stu asks Tatum to go into the garage to get more beer, which typical this death made me sad because i really like tatum oh yeah i know i I was also like this is yeah yeah i was yeah i was hoping she was gonna live longer but you know the formula in these movies Mm -hmm. and 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 randy would be screaming me screaming at me at this point there's only you know there's one final girl all the other people have to die because it makes it more exciting so sadly here we go we're gonna go over the death here we go all right so tatum goes into the garage to get more beer and then the door closes behind her and locks her out. So she can't get back into the house. So she's like, okay. Um, she opens the garage to try to just go out the garage. No big deal. And the garage stops halfway through and she turns around and Ghostface is there and he's stopped the garage and she thinks it's Randy. Everyone thinks it's Randy. I know it, it is kind of funny now that like, now that you're saying that, <laughs> where he's in the, in the blockbuster and like, yeah, I guess it could be me. Like it is funny that everyone thinks it is him. I know. She doesn't take it seriously. She thinks it's Randy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, okay. You want me to You want me to beg for my life? And he, like, nods. And this is the first time we hear her, anybody call him Ghostface. And she's like, no, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. <laughs> and then. And she's not. And she's not. And then he, like, takes a knife and actually draws blood on her arm. And that's how she knows, oh, shit, this is real. And she runs away. And then she starts lobbing beer bottles at him. Well, first she she's running. He's chasing oh, her around. Oh, that first? She opens the fr- yes. I, yeah, I think she opens the freezer, and, like, and he's like, Ugh! and it like clocks. falls down like an idiot. <laughs> clocks him in the face. You're right. I thought, yeah, freezer then beer. So then she's lobbing beer bottles at him, which are great. He's just she's so nailing funny. him in the every yeah, time. It's, it's she's so like good. got a dead shot. <laughs> so, so you think she's gonna get away because she starts to go through the cat door, and again. I watched this as like a small teen and this scared the hell out of me because she gets caught by her boobs going through the cat door. I'm like, oh, no. Is that like a thing that happens? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even. Is there even like such thing as a cat door on a garage door? I've never seen that before either. I haven't. No. Well, I have. Maybe maybe it is. I don't know. I think it comes with the lifestyle of these people. That makes sense. They can afford a cat door. California's got cat doors. (laughs) So so she tries to go out. She gets stuck. Yeah. Okay, and I I remember thinking this even back in the day, but the garage door goes up with her in it. And, like, first of all, it would have buckled under, like, a human's weight. 
you see how big that motor was? It was like a quarter of a horsepower. There's no way that thing was going to pull that door up. It could barely get the door up, it seemed like, yeah. let alone having a human a inside A human it. in it. So the garage door goes up, and she gets, like, caught in the... She's, like, hung, basically. She's hung, right? but I thought, like, something also, like, cuts her. Like, the top of the garage cuts her a little bit or something. Like, kind of squishes her neck. I don't know. It's, it, there is, like, a crunching sound, yeah, where she, allegedly maybe she broke her neck in that. She gets squished, so... Bye bye, Tatum. Powerful garage door. Right? I would buy that. <laughs> the thing that's like uh, that should be a commercial for that garage door opener. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. Uh, we flash over to Sydney, who's looking for Tatum. She can't find her, and Stu's like, "I don't know. She probably went home because she's pissed at me or something." But we open the door, and Billy pops up, and Stu is like, "Oh, weird. How did Billy know about this party?" I'm like, okay. Yeah. Stu and. Uh, not Stu. Billy and Sydney go upstairs to talk, quote unquote. And Randy is sad because he, I think, still thought he had a chance with Sydney. But uh, yeah, we start hearing the Snoopy music, the <laughs> as he's like head down, walking Poor old away. Randy. <laughs> so Billy's apologizing for being selfish, as he should, because he was. And Sydney interrupts him and goes, "No, bro. Like I was selfish with my post traumatic stress, like." I'm the selfish one here. Hot. They're, they were out apologizing each other. Oh, my God. I think I have written in all caps in my notes, what the fuck, after she apologized. <laughs> Stupid. Um, so then he says a line, which is kind of corny, but I liked it. Oh, no. She's like, life's not a movie. And he's like, life is, life is just one big movie. You just don't get to pick your genre. And I'm like, oh, Billy. <laughs> Being deep. <laughs> let's break that down what does that mean <laughs> does it mean if you're born into a horror genre movie everything bad happens to you i mean if you, and you live a short life or well if you look at the following movies she is in a horror movie genre okay but if you're in a romantic comedy do you like is he saying i just i'm not quite sure i his you know his his beautiful movie references <laughs> And he's not saying shit with it. He's just trying to get in her pants still. I know, but I liked it. I think Billy already picked the movie he was in. Yeah. Billy picked his genre a while ago. <laughs> I was going to say, he, he had autonomy over that decision. True. No one else in the movie in his life did. but Well, maybe that's a call to Billy's character. Like, he feels he's the only one that gets to make those choices for people. And everyone else is just in his world. So he's a dick. Well, yeah, of course he's a dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't say he I'm was... not talking about him taking other people's lives. It's just his outlook on life. He's a dick. I didn't say he was a good person. <laughs> I just said he was hot. <sighs> so, okay, so they they um they have intimate relations, which of course, as we keep pointing out in horror movies, is a big no-no like you can't be the final girl and not be a virgin. And and during this scene, it's cutting between this and yep. all of them in the basement or in the living room watching a horror movie. They're watching Halloween, I believe. Yep. And, you know, Randy is just nerding out. Like, he's saying, like, I wrote all these down, too. It's great. Mm-hmm. So, so far, they've... <laughs> Randy's rules. They, yeah. They've referenced Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, and mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs, I believe. And then, so, as, as <laughs> Sid and Billy are doing their thing upstairs... Randy announces that he pauses the movie, mm-hmm. which I'm sure did not piss off anyone else that was watching that. <laughs> so 
so he could pontificate on fucking horror movies. But uh, um, I loved it. He lays down his rules, mm-hmm. and he says you can never have sex. Sex equals sex equals death. Yep, which is true. Definitely, you can never drink or do drugs, and everyone's like, no. I thought that was <laughs> funny. That was... <laughs> uh, and you can never ever say I'll be right back. So of course. Stu says, I'll "Class clown Stu is like, <laughs> I'm gonna go get some beer. I'll be right back." Like, he's like, "Yeah, I love that." Yes, there's actually, I almost bought that. There's a T-shirt that just says Randy's Rules, and it's got all three of those listed out. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. They work in this movie. They work in every other movie, mm-hmm. horror movie. So he he is, he's right. So I think this is the point where where Randy, like, they get a weird phone call as he's doing his whole speech. Yeah, and, and he I, picks up the phone, and he's very like, "What? Uh, what?" I still don't know who called, so I I don't either. <laughs> I wanted to know that too. Somebody calls and tells Randy um, that they found the prince, principal Henry Winkler, um, like gutted and hanging from a goalpost. So everyone gets really excited and leaves the party to go play with the body. I don't know. It's, it's so great. <laughs> it's, like, it's so great. Oh and God. then, of course, it leaves everyone it's kind of weird because this party is like every scene there's less people in it like mm. people are leaving all the time yeah and like maybe some people are showing up like billy but like throughout the that evening everyone's leaving but, but this is the event where like everyone leaves but the main people that are gonna be there yeah for the rest of the like night. The per- that's a good point the per- party is kind of like perpetually ending throughout this whole mm-hmm. thing also we should mention um gail and dewey decide to walk to see if they can find an abandoned car like sydney's dad's car so kenny the cameraman is by himself right now yes and sid you cannot tell me that like doesn't that sound a little suspicious you want to go take a walk in the woods true we, we have a car but let's just walk it's a nice night that's, that sounds like what a killer would say that's true but it's also hard to be scared of david arquette playing dewey he does not come off as scary he he comes off as incompetent a little bit yes. but that's part of his like you wouldn't suspect him that's true that's a good that's kind of that's what i was going with and and really like the way they set up billy is like yes he he's obviously the main suspect he's creepy blah blah blah. then he wait then we find out we haven't got there yet uh, wait so the next scene (laughs) don't spoil my fun yeah so then uh the next scene is Sydney and Billy, after they have had their relations, bang it out, if you will, afterwards is when she's like starting to question him instead of before, obviously, because that wouldn't have made sense. She's like, hey, so who did you call in jail? And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, well, you know, you get one phone call. Like, who'd you call? And she's like, he's like, oh, I, I called my dad. And she kind of pauses and said, well, no, I saw the sheriff call your dad. He's like, oh, well, yeah, I didn't. I didn't reach him when I tried to call and she's like, Oh no, I just, that's interesting because you know, it would have been a really good idea to call me while you were in jail to throw me off the trail. And when she does this like angry little look, where he's like, I can't believe you still think it's me. Mar, mar, mar. But I mean, it's also uh, like, it's a good misdirection too, because it, if he's not the killer, then obviously yes. Why would he waste his call and calling her and trying to freak her out? True. But if he calls his dad and he doesn't answer, that also shows like family stress in Billy's life. Like his life, like his family life is not good. So True. I kind of thought it was more uh, like my didn't, dad didn't answer and that's typical of him because he doesn't love me or something like that. I thought that's the way that was going. Okay. I, didn't, I did not pick up on that. That's a good point. 
So he does not think it's uh, amusing at all that she still thinks he's the killer. Mm-hmm. And he's like starting to argue with her. And then her eyes go big because behind Billy is Ghostface who stabs the shit out of Billy. She's like, oh my God, Billy. And then she runs away as Billy bleeds out on the floor. Where he belongs. Where he belongs, bleeding out on the floor. <laughs> and then uh, he chase, Ghostface is chasing Sydney, and she runs up to the attic where she climbs out a window and then drops three floors onto a boat and rolls off and keeps running. Like, man. Onto, onto a boat. And they, they play it as a, like, this boat has a cover on it, so it has a cushion. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> That's just a tarp to keep the brain out of the boat. Like, there's still some hard shit underneath that. Like, I was like, how did she survive that? That would have shattered your spine, ma'am. Yes. But she's fine because she's made of titanium steel. So she keeps running. <laughs> And when she gets up, she looks up and sees Tatum hanging from the cat door, very yeah, dead. Yeah. Which, to her credit, she does not scream. She does that, like, cover her mouth and gas thing, but she keeps going, which I appreciate. You don't like the scream scream every time just, someone dies? I, I know that's a normal reaction, but, like, if you are running away from a serial killer, maybe don't scream. It's a smart move, yeah, if you don't want them to know where you're at. So Yes. I, I agree. I agree. So then we go back to, I'm not sure if he's drunk or just really into the movie, but we go back to Randy, who's watching the movie. He is drunk. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know what that looks like. He is drunk. <laughs> so drunk Randy is watching Halloween. <laughs> it's so good. And it's a fun scene because he's like telling Jamie Curtis, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween to turn around because the killer's right there. And then Ghostface is like slowly circling the couch. So you're also like. <laughs> Randy, turn around. There's a killer right there, <laughs> uh, which is great. It is good. And then Sydney runs up to the van and like bangs on the cameraman van. when So she's there with Kenny. So they're both watching Randy on the screen and they're like, Randy, turn around. And then the cameraman realizes, Kenny realizes there's a 30 second delay because Ghostface is suddenly off the camera. So we don't know where he is. And he turns, Kenny stands up and goes to run and then. Ghostface cuts his throat. Yeah. Uh, poor poor Kenny. Kenny. Sydney uh, escapes narrowly through the back of the van, which was interesting. Yeah. That, yeah, that was just it. I was, as I was writing, I was like, and then she's trapped in a van. I look over and she's like leaving the van. I'm like, and she escaped the van. Like it was a <laughs> very short scene. Zoomed right out of the back of that van. And almost like a Three Stooges thing where she's like crawling out <laughs> underneath this like cubby hole. And yeah. <laughs> Ghostface is doing the same thing. Yeah. So Gail and Dewey hear the noise. They're running back to the house. And poor Kenny. Like, Gail is driving away. She sees the blood on the ground from the camera van. So she gets in the van. There's, like, weird substance on the windshield wiper windshield. So she realizes it's blood. She starts driving. And Kenny's dead body, like, falls forward onto the windshield. She does not care. She's like, Kenny, I'm sorry. And she whips around to get his body off the van. (laughs) Poor Kenny. Yeah, man. Kenny got, he he was definitely the underdog of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I don't think anything went right for him. Other than he got his bag of Cheetos or whatever, but. Justice for Kenny. Hashtag. Hashtag justice for Kenny that he'll never see. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So then Sydney is. She also. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, Dale, like, just like a bat out of hell goes out of there. She almost runs over Sid, too. Yeah. She's running back to the house at that point. Yep. So Gail crashes the van after almost running over Sydney, like Jack said. Mm-hmm. 
Sydney is booking it back towards the house and she sees Dewey um, who comes out of the house with a knife stuck in the middle of his back. This is where the whole illusion was shattered. <laughs> well, at first I was like, oh, it's a fake knife. I- I'm still like holding on. There's like You're still, thir- trying much- <laughs> <laughs> still trying to make it Dewey. <laughs> Officer Doofy, come on. Oh, but I, uh, you know, at that point, I'm like, maybe it isn't him. Well, and also at this point, too, I'm like, how is Ghostface in all these places? And uh, Dewey is with Gale this whole time, just walking along. How is he making all this? So immediately I'm like, I don't think this is the way I'm thinking it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then I'm starting to think maybe there's two people involved because no, of like the whole. It. I can't tell you what I'm deducing here. <laughs> Fine. I can't pull a li- Lieutenant Kinderman Fine. and spell out all everything Meh. I think. Is- okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. No, no, it's okay. We can we can save it. We can save it. <laughs> it just it okay. Just let me get there. Just don't rush me. Where was I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I know. So yeah, Dewey gets the knife in his back. Sydney's trying to run away in the deputy's car. She gets in, locks the doors, and then Ghostface is near the car window, kind of shaking the keys at her, taunting her because he mm. has the keys. She gets out and like. Doesn't she kick him in the face? Or he gets into the car. I think, yeah. He he opens the trunk. Yeah, that's right. And she's still focused on the passenger and driver's door, like mm-hmm. a whack-a-mole, trying to lock the door every time. <laughs> but she, she gets out. She she jumps out of the vehicle. But after kicking him. She kicks in him the in the face. face because yeah. And you hear, oh! like, it's it's so great when you hear the, <laughs> the pain of that guy. Because Ghostface just gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. She is starting to run into the house. And as she's running into the house... Randy and Stu both run up at the same time and they're mm-hmm. yelling, Sydney, he's the killer. And so she's like, I don't I don't know who to believe. She grabs Dewey's gun and she keeps pointing it at each guy because she can't decide who's actually the killer. And then she says, fuck you both and runs into the house and locks the door. Good girl. <laughs> With the safest. Yeah. Safest <laughs> thing you could do. Don't trust anyone at that point. Nope. At that point, she's trying to figure out what to do. And Billy has made a miraculous recovery and he is not dead, but he like tries to crawl to her and then falls down the stairs. And she's like, oh my God, I thought you were dead. I'm so glad you're okay. And he's like limping over to the door. I know you guys can't see this, but like I'm acting everything out because I love this movie so much. She's She's got up. She's limping in her closet. <laughs> yep. She's she's acting all of this out. It's actually amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm really good. Yes. So uh, Billy is limping towards the door and he convinces Sydney like, Hey, it's okay. Um, give me the gun and we'll figure out what to do. And Sydney is like, oh, okay. So she gives him the gun. They open the door. Randy runs in. He's like, hey, Stu's out there. He's gone crazy. He's gone mad. Mm-hmm. And then Billy turns. Jack, I don't care what you think. And very sexily says, we all go a little mad sometimes, which is a line from Psycho. And then he shoots Randy. Why are Was you that making sexy that too? face? <laughs> Was when the when the gun discharged and hit no. Randy? Is that sexy? No, it's just the slow turn. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am distressed. Good. And appalled. <laughs> Good. So he shoots Randy, and S- Sydney obviously has realized. Uh oh, maybe my boyfriend was the killer. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she starts running, and Stu comes in the kitchen, and she's like, "Oh my god, Stu!" Like. Billy's the killer. And then, okay, so I didn't know. So this blew my mind back in the day because I didn't think two killers was a thing. And so when Stu holds up the voice modulator and says, surprise, Sydney, 
You're like, holy fuck, there's two killers. What is happening? Oh, my God. Or at least I did. It was... It was not till very late in this movie that I'm, I was thinking that, but but that could also be explained away by Michael Myers and Jason, where he's just like magically teleporting to wherever is conveniently where is convenient for the next murder. So I didn't think too much of it, but it was a lot of like, man, this guy is all over the place yeah. and like conveniently where he needs to be. I just so. I don't feel like we saw a lot of like movies with two killers back in the day. They might do it more now but i don't feel like we'd really seen it I too much so. so it was a big like oh my god so were we led to believe that both of them would don that sometimes yes like it's just whoever whatever's convenient and it, same with the calling yes. they would both do the calling yeah matthew lillard would probably need a different size costume compared to well they Bill. had their own costumes they had <sighs> they, they had two i assume so oh okay I assume Just they had two... there's a little height difference here. Well, I assume they had their own costumes and their own voice modulators because they also don't search Stu's phone records. They only search Billy's, so Stu could have made the phone calls. True. Although they do decide that it's Sydney's dad who made the phone call. Anyway, whatever. Because they cloned his phone. Because he says that during the they confessional, they're like, "We cloned your dad's phone." Which back in the nineties might as well it was the equivalent to hacking, like someone just at the computer just like <laughs> I'm in like just t- typing away, like <laughs> I did it. Yes, very true. Then they're in the uh the kitchen and they're kind of mm-hmm. like going through their plan and revealing like Billy reveals that he framed Cotton Weary and he's the one that murdered Sydney's mom. Mm-hmm. She's like, What the fuck is wrong with you? Why did you not that calmly, but like, why did you murder my mom? At first, he plays it off. He's like, oh, it's, you know, it's the 90s. I don't have to have a modem, motive. Cause, no motive. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> it's no incentive. It's much scarier that way. And then he's like, okay, fine. You want to know why? Because your mom is the reason my family broke up. Like, your mom slept with my dad, and that's why my mom left and broke up the family. So Billy is just a little boy with mommy issues, essentially. But what did um, what did Drew Barrymore do to him? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> okay. Another plot hole. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, um, Drew Barrymore's character might have been Stu's idea because Stu dated Drew Barrymore's character before he started dating Tatum. Oh, that's right. And and he got rejected. What is? He said that he broke up with her, but I think Casey broke up Tatum. with Stu right. to date Steve. Because that's what Randy says to him yes. when they're sitting on the fountain. Yes. Okay. So I think okay. that's why. Okay, never mind. Look at you trying to point plot hole. I'm trying. Quit. I'm trying. I do want to point out yes. that Matthew Lillard, this is where he has become unhinged. Yes. And he's like, he, he, do you know who Jim Brewer is? Yes. Okay. He's mm-hmm. a, he's a, he's an extremely not funny comedian that was in Half Baked. And his whole stick is like, I'm the high guy, dude, bro. Yeah. Like Matthew Lillard is embodying this character at this point. And, he is, but it works for the character. It, it works, but this is what I'm saying. At the beginning, that was really annoying, but now he's like funny. Yeah, because he does this. He he like point. He's pointing the gun at both of Billy and Sid Sydney. as as Billy's revealing all of this, and he just goes. His impression of a gun going off is booga. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought that was like the best, <laughs> the best impression of a gun going off I've ever heard. Yes, he is very unhinged at this point. So their their plan is like Stu reveals like, hey, we kidnapped your dad and, mm-hmm. you know, your mom's anniversary of her death is tomorrow. So 
we cloned your dad's cell phone and we're going to put, they put the voice modulator in their dad's pocket and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, your dad. They're trying to frame him. Yeah, they're trying to frame yeah. him as Ghostface and like, your dad's going to kill you and then we're going to kill your dad and all this stuff. So, But they have to make it look like they tried to fight him off. So they mm-hmm. start stabbing each other, <laughs> which was funny, but also really creepy because Billy is starting to like get really annoyed with Stu. So he stabs Stu a little too hard on purpose. And a little too many times. Too I many think times. I heard the sound effect go, you know, it was, it was playing over and over there. Yeah. He stabs Stu a lot. So Stu's like my turn. And then he stabs the shit out of Billy, but he just stabs him once. Yeah. And at this point, this is where Stu's losing it. And he's like, you cut me deep. He's like saying all these great lines. (laughs) I'm hurting real bad, Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're starting to turn on each other. And then they're like, well, grab the gun and shoot her. And then they're like, wait, the gun's gone. Because Gail Mm -hmm. Weathers has come up to the house. And then she tries to shoot Billy. um, But she has left the safety on the gun. So... Yeah, Billy um, essentially like knocks her into a pole and she passes out or at least pretends to pass out. Right on top of Dewey. Right on top of Deputy Dewey. So Sydney obviously uses this time to escape. Mm -hmm. And uh, Stu is sitting there like literally coughing up blood. Uh, Billy is losing his shit. He's trying to like hunt Sydney down while Sue's just sitting there kind of crying. So, and we'll go back a little bit because Sid has called the house. Yes. And is using the voice disguiser to fuck with them. To mock them. Great. Yeah. It's brilliant. (laughs) And this is the part where, like, Stu has the best line because he's, like, on the phone with with Sid. He's like, she's like, I called the police and they're fucking coming. He's like, Did you really call the police? And he's like, My parents are going to kill me. As he's like a bloody as shit, and all this, all this has happened. Murdered a bunch oh, of people, God. but this is what's going to make his parents mad. Yeah, yeah, this is what he's worried about. <laughs> so funny. Yes, that was really good. She, um, Billy, is looking for Sydney, and she pops out of the closet in the ghost face outfit, and like <laughs> yeah. stabs the shit out of him twice with an umbrella. Yeah. Which apparently. Thank you, Amazon, for all these cool fun facts. The first time that. Uh, the person plays Billy. So Skeet Ulrich, the first time Skeet Ulrich gets hit in the chest with an umbrella, it hits on this pad that it's supposed to. But the second time it missed the pad. So like he really got stabbed in the chest with an umbrella. Oh, man. And he's got like a pacemaker in, I guess, because he had a bad heart and all this stuff. So he had Jeez. some ouchies. Well, shouldn't have killed people. Served him right. So. <laughs> she stabs him twice he goes down she inexplicably throws the gun away though well i thought she gail had the gun oh well and then billy had the gun so when billy did... takes it back and he's looking for her yeah she stabs him with the umbrella and then she like kicks the gun away like as if like not to not let oh, billy use it again you're right but I it's not. like Stu is still out there like i was just like screaming at her like what are you doing pick up the gun i didn't even think of that well that's true so Stu comes charging after her <laughs> he he comes out the door like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, they're fighting. And at one point he's like, I always had a thing for you, Sydney. It's like, <laughs> ew. It's a bad time to admit that. Right. And so she, in like this boss ass move, throws a whole ass TV onto Stu's head and like electrocutes the shit out of him. You know how heavy those things are? She's a- like the, the, the weight of the TV falling on your head would have killed you alone. That alone. But then you got to get electrocuted on top of that. She's a boss, babe. 
And these are CRT TVs, not your flat screen normal today TVs. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> they were a lot exactly. heavier back then. So Stu is electrocuted to death. Yay. One killer down. And then Randy is magically not dead and scares the shit out of Sydney. But as Randy is popping up, Billy also pops back up because he's not dead. <laughs> so he goes to stab Sydney. He's like, ah! And uh, Gail magically becomes unconscious and shoots Billy. <laughs> Billy falls back and he's lying on the ground and Gail and Sydney and Randy are all staring at him. And Randy says, be careful. Oh, this is the sweet. time when like the killer comes back for one last scare. And Billy sits up and goes, Wah! and like Sydney shoots him right in the forehead. And she's like, not in my movie. That was good. So she double taps him. Billy's officially dead. Mm -hmm. and then we essentially, we see Dewey is not dead. He's being rolled out on a stretcher. So yay, Deputy Dewey, who was not the killer. Mm -hmm. Our last Incredible. scene is Gail Weathers gets to be the first on the scene reporting live while the sun comes up. And that's the movie. With a new cameraman, cameraman, mind you. I know. Who was recording her? <laughs> I don't know. Just some rando. I know. Hope he's in. He's he's ready for a time of his life because he's about to get bossed around. I hope so. <laughs> so yes, that that is the movie. There it is. That that's it. That was it. Where she be? Where she be? Oh, okay. Um. Also, so movie's over. And that means our final girl gets a drink. So, Jack, what is Sydney drinking at the bar? Oh, boy. You know, I, I couldn't really think of anything um, other than she just needs a stiff whiskey. She just needs to go into the bar, just order her favorite drink, and just throw it back. Because she's had a hell of a night. She has had a hell of a night. She's, she's lost a lot of people in her life. <laughs> right? Yeah, she really has. So... Uh, I cheated because I was feeling what? uncreative and I looked up scream drinks. So I found something that someone made for like a scream themed party and it's called the Woodsboro Slasher. And it is, let's see, they've got uh, silver rum, platinum rum, oh, pineapple rum, uh, strawberry puree, kiwi syrup, and lime juice. So it's like this bright red drink with uh, <laughs> rum and. More rum. Pineapple rum. So, <laughs> no, I guess she's getting a fancy uh, red drink. Well, I tell you one thing. If I was going to give a drink to Stu and Billy, it would just be Keystone Ice because they're such bros and I hate them. If I was going to give Billy a drink, I would give him a bottle of milk and some cookies because he clearly needs a mommy. Oh, my God. That's all, that's all Billy gets from me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. And Stu, uh, he can just have laughing gas as far as I'm concerned. Stu is his own laughing gas. <laughs> he is, yeah. He's his own supply of laughing gas. Like, Stu needs some weed or something, some kind of downers, because he's got a lot I of I think energy. he is. <laughs> well, I think it's like a, he's like he's like a mixture. He's like doing like cocaine and then smoking on top of that, because mm. he's got that weird hippie dude, but he's like way too much energy He's so that. much energy. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, this was fun. Yeah. Thank you for watching Scream officially and not just scary movie. Saying I did? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, not just scary movie. No, it was it was a good movie. Yeah. Um, again, Wes Craven is hitting out of the park for me because mm -hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street and this one are very quick to the action. The pace is quick, so it keeps it going. They don't drag. 
and they have humor in it, which yeah. is my that's my bread and butter. I love mm-hmm. having comedy in horror movies, but not to the point where it's like cringy, but actually plays well in the movie. I agree. I think Wes Craven's humor works really well with his genre. So, yeah. Uh, until next time. Bye.